0: Our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Luke, second chapter, beginning with the first verse. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Corinus was governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Lord, help us to understand something of human nature today. King James has it translated because there was no room for them in the end. I don't suppose that you'll find any scripture anywhere, either in the Old Testament or the New Testament, that demands for us to give some thought to it. They're haunting words. uh, Words that, that call for us to give not only thought but to meditate on it and to contemplate about it. Uh, words that strangely have a pull at these hearts of ours. Thoughts that flood our heart and our soul, none are more tender than these words uh, provoke within our heart. And on the other hand, none are, to some extent, are sadder than these words uh, that uh, we have called to our attention. The hymn writers. Has been inspired by them, the poets have been inspired by them. Because of the strange pull that has for these hearts of ours. All the story comes to us. We've heard it from our youth up. We know it by heart. There's not a one of us here this morning, but what couldn't tell the story. We know it so well. But we know what happened. And we know that after the a hard and long day of travel and that the Holy Family come to the place where they seek their lodging at night and cannot find a suitable place. And the only thing that's left open to them is the barn or stable where the animals are quartered and where they're kept. And here's where the Holy Family find themselves. And here's where the Lord Jesus Christ was born. I suppose the reason why these words lay such a stronghold on these hearts and minds of ours simply because we can readily identify with the innkeeper and we know something of his heart and his mind and his life because somehow some way we can identify with that man because of what happens to us within this life that we're trying to live it's a common enough situation to be in you think about this man and as he went about approaching every day just like you and I and I'm quite sure that has been voiced to me many times by people, well, I know tomorrow's not going to be any better than today, and tomorrow's tomorrow's not going to be any better. And so we come to a place of where we become cynical about life, and we give up hope and give up our faith in the future for us. Until at last, it comes to the place of where the light becomes a monotonous situation. And so we only see what is on the surface, never really taking time, to really to look at the situation and to see what it really is. It's an impossibility. For any day, it be as this day, it cannot be. It may seem to be so. But you see, beloved, it is not so. If you're caught up in this type of thinking where your life has become a monotonous situation and you know tomorrow is not going to be any different than today, well, I'll tell you that it is. The tragedy of it is, is in your thinking. Because, you see, beloved, it cannot be. The Lord doesn't do things that way. Tomorrow will be different than today. The unfortunate thing that you can prepare yourself in such a way and you can uh, mentally brainwash yourself of where you see that tomorrow will be the same as today. Whether it either be good or bad, and we usually think of it in terms of being bad, you see. So, we know the innkeeper. Strange. How... Uh, innocent happenings within a day seem to be so insignificant, can have uh, such deep roots and the way we respond to them or don't respond to them can spell our fate in years to come whether it be good or whether that be bad I was talking to an older man now he's retired, man it did have a high and responsible position within our community and somehow or another, he got talking about how he got started in this prestigious position that he held. And he said, it's strange now as I look back on it, how fate plays a part. But I want to tell him it wasn't fate, it was God. But nevertheless, he used the word fate. He says, when I was a young man, he says, I was quite ill and had to go to the hospital to be operated on. I was looking for a job and could not find any. And then on top of that, he said, uh, I had this illness and, and had to go to the hospital and be hospitalized. And things had caved in on me. He said, while I was in the hospital, it was an extended stay in the old Norton Hospital, I believe he said it was. He says, was in a double room. And while he was there over a period of a couple of weeks or ten days or something like that, he said, there were several people that were moved in the other bed and out in his extended time at the hospital. He said, "But just before he left, about three or four days before he left, he said was an older gentleman moved into the hospital and into the bed next to him, and he was quite ill. And said uh, he busied himself during the day looking after his needs as best he could, uh, because the nurses were busy, if, if they were out, to call the nurse, He wanted the water or blanket or whatever, he, he busied himself trying to make the older man more comfortable. He didn't know who he was or had any alternative motive in his mind at all outside. I was just trying to help him to be more comfortable. He said, well, the older gentleman responded quickly and readily to the treatment. And by the time uh, uh, he was ready to leave the hospital, the man was much, much improved and said when he got ready to leave the hospital, the man called him over to his bed and said, now, when I get out of the hospital, I want you to come down to my office. I want to talk to you. And he said, in this situation, seemingly to be just another routine situation. He said when he went down to this man's office that he gave him an opportunity to be a junior executive in his great company. And he said from that position, that day in that hospital is where it started. And from that position, he finally reached a place where he was president of that company. Fate or God? nearness of God the innkeeper never guessed that greatness was knocking at his door he had no man to tell him no man to tell him what if this man would have had rehearsed in his ears be on the lookout for the Messiah it is time and this is the hour look for him but no one told him and he had a negative response to life in all probability. Isn't it interesting to note that everything that the Lord Jesus Christ touched, he made greater and immortalized some things. Whether it be a loaf of bread, fishes, or whether it be a man like Peter, turned them into something that is absolutely dynamic, creative, and fantastic. Have you and I, as those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, reminded anyone that there is a living Christ and that they can touch his life and he can touch theirs today? And how do you know what the Lord Jesus Christ is not knocking at some door? Perhaps a friend of yours, perhaps your own. Let us remind our own soul. And those that we live with, that the Lord Jesus Christ is at hand and we don't have to wait until out there somewhere in order to be a part of his great kingdom if someone had told him if someone had told him greatness is knocking at your door beloved I want to tell you it doesn't make any difference where you are whether you be a sickly young man that's been praying for a job and looking for one and can't do it and come find out that you've got an extended stay in the hospital to meet, I want to tell you that there is a Lord. And I want to tell you to make contact with that Lord. Well, you know, there was a man, a very serious man, and I talked to several weeks and... He was so pessimistic and given up on everything. He said, I have tried to have the experience of other people they tell me about, experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ and touching his life. And having him touch mine, he said, the preacher, he said, I haven't been able to do it. I said, I've looked everywhere. After a while, I came up with a bright idea. I know it was God given to me. And I said to him, why don't you go home? And why don't you begin to search and to look in your own life for the hand of God? Well, you know, it was within a week of this man came back and he was a changed man. I knew something happened to him. He says, Preacher, you're right. He says, Isn't it strange? He says, I was going out there looking everywhere else for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was looking in all of these places for him. And only to come home and to find within my own heart and soul that I found the evidence of the Lord Jesus Christ has already visited me. Yes, he was a different man because he had made contact with that which calls for greatness. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, beloved, yes, we know that innkeeper. My goodness, we stand in his shoes. The words of the innkeeper keeper, they haunt us today because, oh, we're not the keeper of an end. No, we're just a keeper of a heart and a soul. We're just a keeper of a mind, that's all. We're the keeper of a life. And is it not so, beloved, that uh, your life is filled to overflowing today? In fact, I tell you what we do today. We ride and run at the same time. And if you doubt that, you go down and stand by any escalator and you will see people not standing on there just riding, but while it's going up there walking up too. But we're so busy. And our life is filled to its capacity. And I don't want to downgrade that. Isn't it wonderful to have a life that is so filled? Uh, that uh, you've got plans, you've got things to do, you've got going and coming, and you've got a lot of things that you've got on your mind to be done within the next uh, few days or the next few weeks or months or years. And you're busy. Isn't that wonderful? That's not our problem. You see, our problem, beloved, is being so busy, that living, that we overlook the great opportunities that we have today. I can still see in my mind, though it happened some years ago, a young man, so typical of our society, that he went to get him a soft drink from one of these vending machines, soft drink machines. And he put his money in there, and while it was trying to make its way down to the place where it needed to trip all the, whatever it needed to trip to release the soft drink, he hauled off and kicked the machine and says, hurry up, I don't have all day. We hardly have time to go through a revolving door. But that's not really the problem that we have. There's no need to question the honesty of the innkeeper. Do you think he was faking it? He looked at the family there before him Mary and Joseph and said well he didn't like the looks of them he did have a room but he didn't want them to have it I don't believe that I don't believe that I believe the man was just as honest as he could be and just as honest as you would be this morning if I should ask you is your life full and you would say it's filled to capacity preacher it's filled to capacity and his was filled too just as yours the innkeeper's mistake was not in the full life but it was filled or his end was filled at the exclusion of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's any mistake to be made here's where we make it beloved. Let's not default a full life. We want to live to our capacity and a little more if possible but not at the expense of our soul and a soul that excludes the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, if you need to make room in your life for the Lord Jesus Christ, you make room in your life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be in your life, it means you're going to have to make room in your life. You're going to have to. It's just as simple or as complicated as that. You say, take on something else. I can't. Well, beloved, this is one thing you must do. You must make room. How can you be great without the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it's an impossibility. And I don't care where you are and what you happen to be in or what age you happen to be at this time, but if you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, beloved, you are great and you even border on greatness in life. Look for your opportunities. Oh, there's many opportunities that will come to you to fulfill your life in a way that's unbelievable. Now, not until the day that you die and enter into this type of perfection of living, but there is that which is to be had today. The Lord's on your side, beloved. And he's looking for opportunities to express himself to you and these routine days that you and I go through every day. It's unfortunate. If we see them as days just heaped up on one another, a sort of a monotonous situation, would it not be better for us to wake in a morning and think in terms of what is it that God is going to reveal to me today. Where will he lead me? What will we do today together? We love that. It's greatness. Signs of the nearness of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not to miss your chance, you must be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit might be a good question to ask, well, how can I be aware of the Holy Spirit? What can I look for to tell me that Christ is near? There's two or three things that I would just suggest to you. Certainly these are not the only ones, maybe not the most important ones, but the ones you can look for at this time of the year. When I looked around me and I saw people had a sense of joy and they were rejoicing, I would know that Christ must be nearby. The first message that came to man came to him of the Savior came to the shepherds and they heard rejoicing, singing. Beloved, it's no wonder at this time of the year, the season of the year, as we think about Christmas, these hearts of ours are made glad simply because other hearts are glad and we hear them singing. And these hearts of ours respond to it. Oh, it's beautiful. I would look for it. I would be in a position where I would be with these people. Oh, I would not want to miss my church this time of the year. No way. If I could only go to church two or three times during the year, I would do what many of our people do. But Christmas would be one of them. I would want to be there at time. I would want to be with God's people. I want to listen to them. I want to be caught up and involved with them in what they sense and what they know and what they feel. When I hear them rejoicing as the old timers used to say in the Lord I would know that the Lord Jesus Christ is nearby I would also look for humility at this time of the year I would remind myself of the fact before my savior was born he was carried on a donkey and when he became a king he was carried by a donkey I remember the last night that he spent up here on the face of this earth that he girded himself with a towel and began to wash the disciples' feet. You see it this time of the year so beautifully. I would know that wherever I see it, that I would listen, I might be able to hear the angels singing. I read a story not too long ago, perhaps you did too, about Ben Gruen, the Jewish person. That when Israel years ago was young and they had these communes that they had where people went and lived and worked together and each one had a particular job that they had to do. And so when he joined this group, uh, he had to have a job. This great statesman now had to have a job. And so he volunteered to feed the hogs. That was his duty three times a day to take feed to the hogs. whenever I saw love expressed whether it be an understanding sympathy forgiveness or any other way I would pause for a moment and listen for the angels when your heart is moved to do something beautiful when your soul has been touched and you want to express it and love and understanding to another person, you must know it has been touched by the Holy Spirit. Certainly the devil didn't do it. And I would know that the Lord is at hand. He is close by. Now this season of the year when we think about other people, Oh, to God, that we would carry it within our life all year, but uh, let's not discredit it. Even though it be for just a little while, that we think in terms of someone else instead of ourselves. And we spend time, whether it be something small or whether it be something great, to think in terms of what this person would like to have. What could be meaningful? What will express my love? What will express my care and concern for this person? And then we try to find that special thing that will do that, whether it be for a child or whether it be for an adult isn't that beautiful isn't that beautiful well beloved is it any wonder that these hearts of ours at this time of the year grow more tender and we have deeper feeling and we begin to express it simply because we're expressing the love of God that's exactly what he did thought in terms of our need and so we think in terms of the need of other people how can I express myself to someone that I care about and am concerned about how do I go about it how do you go about it that desire that is within your heart and your soul is a beautiful thing get caught up in the spirit of it I wouldn't miss it We want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of it. Greatness is at hand. The Lord Jesus Christ is at hand. The Holy Spirit can be seen almost as he operates in the lives of people. And as you feel your heart strangely touched and you too are moved to be more sensitive, more understanding, more forgiving, and even perhaps more lovable oh yes you can be great simply because the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit can dwell within your being within your heart and within your soul and beloved I tell you that's no little thing it's the greatest thing that can ever possibly happen to you here or anywhere else it's greatness and you're part of it now it's not something you have to wait until time comes But you can enter into it at this very hour. And as you enter into the spirit of this thing, you can know that the Lord Jesus Christ is dwelling within your heart and your soul because it prompts you to do the the wonderful and the beautiful things that can come from another human heart. Beloved, the most beautiful thing that I have ever been a witness to, as you, and I've been a witness to many a beautiful thing, Many a beautiful scenery of landscape and land and country. Painting or picture. Beautiful things. Whether it be standing and staring at the beautiful Ohio River. Or whatever. Beautiful things. But the most beautiful thing that I have ever been a witness to by far. Again and again and again. Is the love and compassion that can flow from a human heart to another human being and observe the beautiful way this love is expressed and your heart is capable of that type of beautiful activity perhaps the only thing that it needs if it needs anything has already has the lord jesus christ is to be touched by the holy spirit and be used by the lord jesus christ greatness is at hand our father our father help us to see it help us to know it help us to believe it and help us above all to act like it. in jesus name we pray amen